We're on page 628, just in case it doesn't appear up there. Oh, good. So it's Psalm 139, verse 14. Praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading can be found on page 1148 and comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning. Luke, let's just get it out of the way. It wasn't all bad news for England yesterday. And you know that. But also, did you know... Rugby's not just a game for men, and England ladies beat Ireland ladies during the week as well. So well done, ladies. Better luck next time, men. (laughs) Anyway, let me just pray, because that's what we're really here for, to honour God. Father, we just thank you that you're here with us. Father, open our spiritual ears and open my spiritual mouth that I may say what you want me to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you can have a new body in a week. Who believes it? Hey, well, I'm glad to hear that because the media, advertising, that's what it's constantly telling us, isn't it? You can have a new body. How many of us, ladies, just want to be like that love, slimline, beautiful 22-year-old. How many men do you want to be like one of those guys in the rugby field yesterday? Hollywood perpetuates the image. You can be beautiful. You can have the body beautiful. Well, you know what? That's the world. What does God say? What does God say in his word. And we heard some of it read. You know, the most wonderful truth 
is in Psalm 139. Regardless of your age, your sex, regardless of whether you were born into this world, tragically, with some disability, God made you fearfully and wonderfully. We need to grasp that. God made you and me fearfully and wonderfully. That's God's truth. Let's go right back to the beginning, to Genesis. And in those first chapters, it tells us a few things you know about us and our bodies. First thing, he made us out of the dust of the earth. Men and women, even if you believe a woman was made out of Adam's rib, hey, I'm not into that. We were made out of nothing by our heavenly Father. If you Google the substances that make up you and me, the chemicals, the water, on the open market, probably today, depending on your age and size, somewhere between 40 and 100 pounds. That's what it costs in chemical terms to make you. Not very much. On one side, we need to be humble because we're made out of nothing. The other wonderful, glorious truth is that every single human being bears the image of the maker. It tells us he made us in his image. Men and women, somehow mysteriously, we're like God in some ways. And that's a glorious, wonderful truth. The world doesn't grasp that. We need to grasp it. There's the great paradox. On the one hand, we are made out of nothing, and we're pretty worthless. On the other hand, we are of infinite value because we are made in his image. Another thing Genesis tells us is, you know, before the fall, before we screwed it up, there was no shame. Adam and Eve were the original nudists. They wandered around in that garden in front of their heavenly father, totally naked, and there was no shame. The shame came after the fall, and they covered themselves, and God saw it, and he asked why. And, and that, that really runs right through history into us today. How many of us do envy someone else in their wonderful body? How many of us, when we see the slimline models or the beautiful girl or the wonderful athlete, think, I'm ashamed because no one could like me because of what I look like or what I am? That's a lie. God made you fearfully and wonderfully. And I'll keep saying it because we need to hear it and believe it. And you are of infinite value, no matter what you're like, because you bear his imprint. Furthermore, God took on a human body. He came to us. And if he can take on a human body and think it was worth it, why or how should we be ashamed of ours? The Bible doesn't give a physical description the way we would maybe like it to of what Jesus Christ was like. The nearest thing is, it tells us after the resurrection, he had the scars of the nails in his hands and his feet, and in his side, 
the scar of the spear. We're going to remember in communion a little bit of what taking on a human body cost God and the Lord Jesus Christ. But actually, hundreds of years before, there is a description. And it says this in the prophet Isaiah. He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Wow. Wow. Jesus was pretty ordinary. He wasn't probably a hunk. If we take the words of Isaiah literally, there was nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Nothing. That's our Lord and Savior. That's the way he appeared. Remember. Remember. You know, Jesus came to this earth for a purpose. And we should look to him to see what the ultimate purpose of humanity in a human form is. And it's very simple. It's to serve God and to love and serve people. To love God, of course, as well. But it's about service. It's about sacrifice. And we're going to remember Christ's sacrifice in communion quite shortly. But he did it for us in human form. Our human bodies and our inhabiting them are there because of service, to love and serve. That's why we need to look after them. And some of us can do more than others. God knows that. Don't think, I can't do anything anymore because you're old or infirm. I'm nearly 62. I know I can't do some of the things I used to. But God still me requires to the best that I can to look after myself. As my wife will tell you, I don't always do that well. But that's what God requires. That second reading tells us, you know, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We were bought with a price, a huge cost. Communion again, we're going to remember. We're not our own. If you follow Jesus Christ, you're his. You're his. Paul, one of Jesus' followers, says this in his letter to the church in Corinth. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. Do you believe that? Do we live for Jesus Christ? Because he bought you. He bought me. And is that why we try and discipline our bodies harder than it gets as we get older so that we can better serve him? Hey, if you do feel your days of physical exercise are over, 
Thank God for what you did have. If you could never exercise, and there are people in this world who tragically can't enjoy one of God's great natural gifts, remember, remember, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. No one, no one is beyond the power of the Lord Jesus Christ to flow through them and to serve, whether you can exercise or not. And remember, ultimately, hey, I increasingly remember it as I no longer can run as fast as I used to, nor could I put myself through the pain and misery of the man who played rugby yesterday. But listen, listen, here's the hope. I tell you a mystery. We won't all sleep. We will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. We're going to get new bodies. We're going to get new bodies. Maybe we can play rugby again in heaven or run marathons or do 101 million other things we could never do here. We're going to get new bodies. You know, one of the most touching stories I read was of a young man of 19 in Coventry Cathedral who's wonderful and superb example of a Christian disciple. But he has no arms and no legs. And people asked him, how could you follow Jesus Christ? And he said, you know, God has eternity to make it up to me. <laughs> God has eternity to make it up to me. We've got eternity. Hey, this is the start, but it'll go on forever if we follow Christ. Hallelujah. What does all this mean about exercise in our bodies? Well, you know, we are charged to look after them. We've read that. You know, God endorses hard physical work. Let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor, doing honest work with his hands. Paul goes on in Timothy to say, physical training is of some value. It is. He then, of course, goes on to say, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present and the future and the life to come. Bodily training is of value, but it cuts both ways. Those who are voluntarily sedentary need to hear that God values exercise. Those who are prone, and there are some, and perhaps I in my younger day, to making exercise an idol, need to hear it's only of some value. Well, how do we exercise and look after our bodies in a holy and God-honoring way? Some suggestions. Well, if you haven't exercised for a long time, go and ask your doctor, what he suggests, first of all, before you try anything, you don't have to exercise strenuously. For some at the stage of life, a simple walk will be all you can do. And if you can't do that, exercise your mind. Praise God. Read the Word. Pray. Look at what you're eating and drinking. And I need to do that quite regularly. Cut back things harmful to our lives. Help those weaker than yourself. 
I said the ultimate aim of Christ coming in bodily form was to love and to serve. And that is what we should do. It may be something simple like running an errand for someone older, giving up your seat for someone older, just helping. Very simple, but do it. If you do feel ashamed, look at yourself in the mirror or envious of others and remember those words in Psalm 139. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works, and that includes you, are wonderful. I know that full well. Well, you know, uh, I'm going to show a little video clip now, but most of you will have seen this. I want you to listen carefully to the words. Uh, and it's about a man called Eric Liddell, who, if some of you don't know, won a gold medal in the 1924 Paris Olympics, running an event that he had not trained for because he wouldn't run the 100-meter heats, which he was probably a cert to win because they were on a Sunday. And to him, that was breaking his Christian principle. And when he was, great pressure was put on him by the ruling elite, by his country, by his teammates, and he said no, because I don't just run for Keenan country, I run for God. Okay, guys, take it away.
Some say it was the most perfect 400-metre run in history, even today. He didn't just win, he broke the world record. What a lot of people probably know, but don't know the detail of, instead of basking in the fame and continuing, he went to China a year after that, 1925, and he died in a Japanese internment camp eight months before the war ended in January 1945. He left a wife and three daughters who he got to safety in 1942. He could have left that camp in 1943 via the Red Cross at the personal intervention of Winston Churchill, but he chose to let a pregnant woman go in his stead. The people who lived in that camp testify to a man who used to stand in queues collecting coal dust to make into coal balls to give to the young, the old and the weak who had no heat, who stood collecting buckets of water to bring to the old and the young and the weak and who refereed youngster sports matches, interestingly, on a Sunday and he ran the race to the end. You heard it there, I hope you heard it clearly. Jenny, that was his sister. God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast, and I can feel his pleasure when I run. And that was Eric Liddell's life, and it was the life that he wanted to point people to live not for his glory, but for the glory of the Lord Jesus, to give God pleasure. That's why God put us in bodily form. It's a bit of a mystery, but it is. He took pleasure in creating us. He took pleasure in putting his mark on us. And he takes pleasure and joy in love and service, just as the Lord Jesus did. And it's to the Lord Jesus we give the glory. And it's to him we look for our example. And I'm just going to end with a word from the prophet Isaiah again. It helped me when I was a young man in marine training, uh, suffering greatly and not always doing well, especially getting over the six-foot wall uh, of an assault course. And I used to remember this. Uh, he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. 
They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Hope in the Lord. Serve him. Treat your bodies well as much as you can, but hope in the Lord. Serve him. Amen.